Brian. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the uh, Swim Coaches podcast. Um, I'm Clive Marquis. My co-host is Sam Redman. And today we've got Chris Nielsen. He's back. This is the second round for this. Uh, we had some issues last time, but he's back now. Um, so say hello, Chris. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, today we'll be talking to Chris about um, coaching. Chris is a younger coach. He coaches for Paul Swimming Club. Um, and we're talking about how younger coaches can get into coaching, what they can bring in the uh, world of coaching, what younger coaches can bring. So, um, Chris, um, how did you get into coaching? Because as a younger coach itself, like, did you come through um, swimming then into coaching or is it completely new? What, how does it go? Yeah, so um, I, I swam back in Kingston Royals, um, which is South West London Club, uh, well, for, for all my swimming career, really. Um, and then, yeah, it was a funny way because it wasn't always the goal. It wasn't always the ambition to go into coaching. Um, I had other aspirations like, you know, becoming a chef. Um, I was doing a lot of you know, hospitality and catering courses. I was going, watching a lot of cooking shows. I was cooking at home quite a lot. Um, and yeah, it, it came about where I was swimming and then I developed an injury and I was out for quite some time. But in that time, my coach sort of said, um, you know, oh, why don't we get you on poolside? Why don't we get you help now um, with the younger squads? I thought, yeah, that's fantastic. You know, I was captain at the time, so I thought it's a great way just to give back to the club that's given me so much to begin with. Um, and then from there, it was, you know, our, our assistant on the side, oh, well, there's a level one teaching course coming on. Oh, there's a level one coaching course. And then, you know, it just progressed through the system like that. As I was doing my A-levels and going, or just heading off to uni and all that, um, is when I did my level two. So that was all sorted by the club. And then really from there, um, yeah, it just sort of picked up when I came to uni. Um, we sort of just developed the club and I, I became more of a coaching role than a swimmer. Um, and it all just sort of happened like that naturally. Uh, you know, I went off to uni to do a sports psychology degree um, and then swimming just completely, you know, helped on with that. It, it came quite well together. Um, and that's where it sort of went into. Um, just, yeah. Absolutely. I, d I think it's very rare that people who are in the coaching world and in any sport that that as soon as they're trying to decide what career they want the only thing they have in mind is i want to be a coach i want to be a coach of this sport or a coach of people in any sort of aspect i think that's very rare i think people fall fall into it or get offered the chance to give it a go fall in love with it um so just like yourself um my me i got asked to cover a session a master session uh one day and then seven years down the line here i am you know it it, uh, it just happens um quite like that and i know you were uh, telling us the other day that you've got uh, grant robbins as your um helping out on your level three sort of being your um guide which is amazing so grant was a school teacher he was a maths teacher and yes olympian and all that sort of stuff so he had a great sort of strong connection with swimming but then now into the coaching and talent side of stuff and it just work. it happens differently for everyone but it's more of a falling into it than a goal thing that's what I, that that's my thoughts on it but. yeah and i feel like that that natural phase of things coming into it you want to do it more and therefore you'll take mm. these opportunities and 
you'll give everything a shot. Whereas if, I don't know, sometimes you see some people who just want to do it, but won't go the extra mile. Whereas if it happens naturally, you're more invested in what you're doing and it just becomes, it just becomes a passion. Um, it's not, you know, a lot, it, though it might be a career, it might be work for a lot of coaches, hopefully it is just that, you know, I'm wanting to do this. I'm wanting to be here. I don't see it as a job. I see it as my passion and, you know, it's something that I enjoy and I, happy to get up at four o'clock every morning to go and coach um a paid hobby that's what it is a paid hobby that's how we say it absolutely as a um as a younger coach then compared to your colleagues do you do you think this comes with any challenges or or more importantly does it come with any advantages like what can you bring to the sport that maybe others couldn't i think looking at it both ways the first one being a major positive, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy just to be that younger coach that doesn't have his profile set up yet to be observing and watching other other coaches. Um, I really enjoy, you know, I've had I've had great opportunities already provided to me um, in the sense that, you know, I, I got my coach from back home who was my coach and I learned a lot from him. But then going on to when I came to uni, I did a placement year um, where I worked with the Beacon program um, under Steve Greenfield. Now Steve is a well-renowned coach, you know, lots of experience behind him. And that gave me the opportunity from where I've been working beforehand with sort of age group swimmers, there's a chance just to work with that sort of youth level swimmer. Um, and that was sort of the next stage. And that's, that's what, again, helped me progress into where I am now. Um, and, you know, being able to have those different mentors with different styles, different coaching approaches, and being able to learn from them and observe how they interact with swimmers. You know, you just pick little pieces and make that part of your own coaching idea. Um, you know, last time we were chatting, we, we were talking about coaching philosophy. And, you know, from where I started out and to where I am now, it changes. And in three months' time, I expect to change just by learning new things, especially on, you know, the senior coaching course that I'm doing. I'm just name dropping there. Um, but you know, we, 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 we had a great discussion last time about how your coaching philosophy is ever changing. And though you may have your, your main coaching principles that you stick by, you know, everything else that surrounds it will help them mold and it will start to bottle and become more refined as you go on through and as you start learning how different people tick, you know, and then when you join a new program, it, it, again, understanding that relationship between you and your swimmer. Um, but that all comes from gaining that experience. And I think the more opportunities you can get as a younger coach to learn from those that are higher up in the tree, um, it, it, it's a goldmine for you. Um, say you yes know, to everything. That's say yes well, to everything. Um, keep your, your mind open to, to new ideas, new opportunities, everything like that. And, and like we were saying about the philosophy, how philosophies are ever changing. Um, you've got to keep up with that. You go to university, you leave, and then a year later, everything you learnt is almost irrelevant or it's been improved on or disproved. Um, it's exactly the same with coaching. You've got to keep learning. The only things that I think should stay static are uh, almost your, your ethos towards the coaching environment, like uh, creating um, a culture of excellence, um, respect everything like that that stays static that should be ingrained with everyone yeah but then everything else outside of that how you coach them what you coach them you know stuff like that that needs to remain fluid yeah 
from and that's good isn't it and then i guess just going on to the not negatives but the disadvantages maybe in a younger coach just to get both sides of the story is that like you know we, we joked around last time how you know fairly this is probably just more basic to me but i'm only a five seven lad so i'm quite small so when i'm at competitions and all that i probably look and blend in with the swimmers quite well especially as a lot of them now tower over me after coming back from lockdown <laughs> and just dwarfs me um and you know I'll, I'll make the joke about this the little sweet tray coming around because you know it's a coach's dream to be on poolside to get the little treats that come around but uh but yeah, th- I mean, that comes in, you know, you're standing there on poolside, you're talking to these swimmers, and sometimes you're just getting looks to you like, who's this guy? What's he chatting about? But I guess, again, until you build that profile, these are, and the more competitions you go to the, in your area, the more coaches you'll, you'll see. Um, but again, that's not such a bad thing because, okay, they may not trust in your ability to coach, um, but then this is where, again, that's irrelevant. You don't, you shouldn't really be focusing about that. You, you then just prove that by, you know, having that support system with your your own coaches, your colleagues, and then showing them that actually your swimmers are progressing. Now, okay, it, it's it's it may not be relevant to a top club like the Mount Kellys or the Millfields or you know the Sterling Universities. It's what your program is, and being able to show progression in your program um, just shows in your ability. So, but I think everyone's got such a different idea of what their program looks like and how another program looks like it's very different so i think yeah just taking the time just to understand that you know the, the way we coach are all different and it's not one way and this is what i was saying before you know when i'm at competitions and i'm i'm, I'm observing you know my, my own swim is yes but i'm also just when when i've got a bit of downtime just looking at how other coaches are interacting with their swimmers you know to see if they're smiling if they're happy if they're talking quite um assertive to towards them just seeing like how different coaches approach and how they get performance out of their swimmers and um, it's just really interesting i mean i, I like to observe I, I work a lot of instinct um so just seeing how uh, other coaches work does does both quite well for, for my own coaching um but overall I, I do find that the more opportunities you can gain and the willingness to go and work get yourselves onto you know skilled talent programs where you're working with other coaches joining these forums um will just go go a long way in developing your own self as a coach. I've been coaching for about six, seven years now, Pro- properly really only coaching for the past three or f- four years. Um, but again, this is where it's all just taken off. And that experience that I've gained is helping me now. But I know that this isn't the limit. And, you know, where I'm learning from Grant, as, as you said earlier, learning from Grant, who's, you know, leading the Commonwealth or the England team to the Commonwealth in Birmingham after previously doing it in Sydney. You know, the amount of information I'm getting from him already, we've only been on the course for a month or so, it's just amazing. You know, the the advice and the experience he can give is just phenomenal. And again, mm-hmm. hopefully in the next eight to twelve months, it's just where I'm gonna be is well, hopefully a lot further than what I am now. Um, but again that just comes from learning off many different people. Absolutely. So you mentioned instinct there. So how, how much of coaching do you think is down to instinct, like with your, the way you do sets, the way you interact with swimmers? So g- give us some examples. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you've got, you've got those coaches that plan and that like to plan and that like to be down to a T. Everything is done by the letter and it is just all there in a spreadsheet. 
you know, with multiple tabs open and it's, you know, on this day we are definitely doing this. Um, I think coaching comes a lot down to instinct, to being able to tell when your swimmers are, you know, ready for a push, when they're maybe just having a bit of trouble at school outside and just need that little bit of a come down just to stop them from getting a bit too anxious. Um, I think I think it's a it's a more of a 60-40 balance between instinct and planning. Yes, you need to plan. Yes, you need to, to prepare your annual season, your macro, your micro cycles to when you're to when you're competing. Um, but also you've got to be able to listen to the swimmer and notice little key traits that maybe they're doing well, maybe they're not doing so well, and being able to adapt your session accordingly. Because, you know, with this day and age, with with the amount of research that's going on through mental health and through especially, you know, adolescent um, development, you've got to be able to listen, you've got to be able to understand where they're coming from and have that strong, strong trust and relationship. Because again, you know, if you, if it's instinctively, you know that someone is just not having a good day, you can just pull them aside, chat to them. And then that just builds on that trust and relationship. And, you know, if you've got a swimmer who completely understands your way of thinking and you understand theirs, you can work together and, you know, you, you're going to reach your full, or you're going to get them to their full potential because they completely trust in what you're doing. Um, and I think that goes a long way with, with how, yeah, how about how we You're certainly right at this sort of uh, time in the world as well. Swimming for most of these guys, so most of these kids who are coming in, it's the only sort of stable environment that they have. You know, school is. I I'm so glad I'm not in education at this time. Yeah, Absolutely. it's it's what's happening. It's just mind-blowing what they're having to do to keep up with their education are they doing the GCSEs aren't they doing their GCSEs you know are they going into school then again for half a day what about social distance stuff like that and the only constant they would have is coming to the pool now obviously that's been taken away again yeah um and if a club's in turmoil because of this all you know it, it causes uncertainty and you've got to be really aware of that and you're absolutely correct um and also with the sort of adjusting sets and what have you i find it's more the listening than the looking at them you know if they come on a bit like oh you know that's just standard but if they're dead silent and sat on the poolside not saying anything not having a joke you know they're knackered <laughs> you just know um if they're moaning they're fine if they're not moaning you know you've got to keep a a lookout totally right they've got the energy to complain they've got the energy to swim exactly yeah <laughs> love that uh yeah I, I i could probably think of a few that are exactly fitting into that criteria yeah oh no i'm one of them <laughs> yes you're definitely one of them five <laughs> right um no, with like what have, do you feel you've been able to bring to coaching so You've sure, one great thing is with you being at Port, you're with a very progressive swimming club. Um, you're with one of the best swimming clubs in the country, we could even say. Um, it's definitely up there. Um, but that means, of course, like you're going to be learning a lot from them, but you must be able to bring something yourself personally that something new to Port or something new to your particular sessions that you can bring to. I mean, that's quite a pressure 
question to bring because that just makes me reflect so much on you know what I do bring um but I think I'm quite an extrinsic positive person you know coming through uni and just working through the sports psychology side of things you know I try and implement that into my own coaching as much as I can really working on the psychological side in the positive way you know positive reinforcement really really building the swimmer up and just getting that team cohesive work ethic together um, so I think if it, a team that works together that can push each other along, you know, it's just going to help you in an individual sport. It's, it's just, you know, ideal. Um, and I think bringing in that team ethos is something that I definitely try and work towards because sometimes we can go through long set, sets, you know, 2100, you know, alternate time. But again, being able to challenge them in different ways in different parts of the set. So not just swimming 2100 to 145, you know, because for any swimmer at any stage, that is just so tedious. And you've yeah. got to give them ways that they can engage and that they can focus on on their own training. So you can say to someone, okay, I want you to push five dolphin kicks off every wall for these five. And then someone else, well, actually, your dolphin kicks are actually quite strong. So I want you pushing for eight. And then at each stage, increasing that or maybe increasing the rate that they do that so that they're always just thinking about different ways so that they can get um, a different understanding of what the feeling is in the water um, and I think with everything being on screen and being to hand attention spans or the ability to focus is um, I, I'm not trying to like call out anyone but the attention spans do seem to be dropping in their ability to focus you know where they've got everything to hand straight away within 10 seconds of just searching it by Google. Um, I think being able to try and make something that's continually challenging them by adding it into a session is going to help. You know, um, I, had, I had a coach, and I know that we, we spoke about this not too long ago, um, that just did nine 400s for a full year, for a full season. And it's, it's a long set, I, I, you know, for maybe a one-off where it's a descent kind of thing where they're, you know, getting quicker and then dropping it back down but then being able to push it again um that can work but to do that every session it's just not going to work it might have worked back in the 80s 90s you know when training was high volume and it was just a case of you getting in and swim and there's no chatting back to a coach i wouldn't say chatting back or questioning the choke a coach challenging them um i think yeah that that kind of stage is gone so being able to be open to talking to them and explaining the session so that they can they can understand it. Um, I definitely think that's something that I like to bring in. I like to be challenged because that questions my own coaching ability. Um, and then, yeah, just trying to make it enjoyable and adaptable to them so that they can always think about ways to improve their own swimming. You know, taking that responsibility um, just moving forward so that they can improve. Because once they take ownership of their own swimming, it's you know, they want to be there, they want to do it. And you can see them thinking, and then they'll start asking you, oh, well, I've worked on this now, how can I transfer it into this? And just having that nice conversation, I think sometimes works. Because some of them are developed a lot further than what their physical age is. And mm. being able to talk to them about that is just really good. And I quite enjoy it, you know, having that mature conversation with someone to say like, okay, this is something that, this is an area we're weak on. Um, this, is, this is how I'd like to see you progress. And to then think, yeah, okay, let's give it a go. And to actually see that, you know, when they train, when they race, um, it's, it's quite an, an achievement. It's a feel-good factor for coach and swimmer. Yeah, no, I can see that. 
for sure. So I, I, I agree with you fully. Having that, having swimmers being able to come and chat to you about what they're actually doing. As a swimmer myself, I feel like if you know your craft, if you learn your craft, whether and learn every little bit about it, um, why you're training, what the training is going to do, how it's going to help you. Actually, when you come to do the sessions, you know why you're doing it. You can understand it better and you can apply yourself better. Like you're not just doing a max 25 because you're doing a max 25. You know why you're doing a max 25, how that's going to help you. La 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 la. But it's like, it's, it's a, I find if you know what you're doing as a swimmer and you learn what you're doing, you're bound to become better because you understand why you're going to do it and why you have to do it. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, do you always like knowing the session before you swim, Clyde? Say it again. Do you like, do you usually like knowing the set this session before you swim? So turning up, do you like knowing it before you've got in for the warm up, or are you sort of one of those swimmers that just like to go as or see the set as you go along? What do you think? What do you think works best? Knowing the session before or I like to know the session. Sam will write the session on the board before the session. I would like to know it, but I would point out that my memory is not great. So I will forget it as we go through and Sam will have to remind me as we go through. But <laughs> I do like to have an idea of what we're doing. So I, I feel like I can fairly well judge when Sam writes something on the board, I can kind of understand what, where it's going, what it's for, bits like that. But I will always come usually at the end of the session, chat to Sam, discuss what we've done and why we're doing it and what it's going to help us towards. I'd say exactly. No, I'd say that's right. I'd say that's right. You, you only ever. Mm, that's a good question. You never challenge. You only question. You never challenge because I think you're obviously we Coach Clive and I have been what well, we've been what's going up two years now, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, about um, two years. Um, and I think we 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 know what we're doing and trying to achieve and what have you. Um, Clive does like to know what's happening before the session begins because he will ask me every single time what are we doing um and i can give him the basic outline oh, we're doing speed tonight clive and it's a yes or we're doing aerobic tonight clive and it's like a eh, you know uh, <laughs> um, what's the word you started using spice oh the spice, spice. when it comes to the squid yeah, sam can yeah. tell you all about the spice yeah we love the spice we do like the spice. The spice can come in any variant, though. Oh, it can. The spice can come in a threshold set. The spice can come in a kick set. It can come from everything. But the particular spice which Clive likes is going hell for leather and just going for it, giving yeah. it a good blast. Isn't that right? Yeah. That's for sure. For all those who are wondering what we're talking about when we're talking about the spice, if you check our recent social media on Facebook and Instagram, we talked about how... Um, the stress of swimming in inverted commas, how there is a peak performance of stress where you will be performing at your best, but then part mm -hmm. of that is when you decline. So it's having that excitement, that wanting to swim fast is how you're going to swim fast. And I call that the spice. It's called uh, peak arousal, Clive, is probably the, the scientific term for it, but we'll go with the spice. The spice. <laughs> we'll go with the spice. That's actually a good point. So. So Chris, like, so what? How old are the kids that you're coaching at the moment? Um, so they vary between twelve and well, soon to be eighteen. Okay, so if you, uh, let's think like, so it's, it's an academy that I sort of overwatch, and then 
Yeah. Um, I've got support coaches that will lead the sort of a the, the younger swimmers, and then sort of my my threes consist of right, let's go fourteen to eighteen. Then. Okay, so between those sort of two groups, there's obviously a a big difference in race awareness. Um, uh, especially in the lead-ups to a race. So we've just been talking about the spice. And we know that obviously your older ones will probably be a little bit more comfortable with the idea of racing, not getting as nervous. So it's a challenge getting them up to that peak arousal. Whereas with the younger ones, because it's more of an, it's a newer experience for them, they're, they're at that peak arousal the challenge for them is not then going past it and then stressing out. What, how do you sort of help to um, get the, well, keep them or get them to that peak arousal before, before racing? Because obviously it's going to be different between the ages. Um, it's different, isn't it? Because the different ages, you, you sort of approach it differently. For the younger ones, you know, they're learning. So the more kind of competitions they can get to, the more experience they have of racing is going to help. Mm. And then obviously being there, you know, creating environments maybe in training where they're used to, you know, the processes where they're, they're lining up, they're getting around the block, they're doing the whistles, you know. And this is why Club Champs is so good because, again, it's in an enclosed environment where they're with their mates and all that. They don't have external clubs coming and racing for them. Um, but just trying to make it as, as um, common to them you know, so that they're aware that they, they know what's going to happen. Um, it's, it's all, it's not new. It's not something they're walking into and they're going, oh my God, this is chaos. You know, a race warm up where they've got 10 a lane, if not more. Yeah. You know, it's it, it scary to get to. Um, they're like, oh, then, I've gone to the loo a million times. I've got butterflies in my tummy, stuff like that. Like, oh, well, you're ready to race. That's your body telling you that you're ready to race. It's like switching that on its head, making it a positive thing for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then with the older ones, because they they are that little bit older and they can take it, I really enjoy winding them up. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like to wind up and just set loose. Um, and it, it's just common things like for, for, for one, um, I, I'll, I'll give them a... Uh, I'll know who's in his in his heat. We'll we'll talk about it. We'll go we'll go through it. We'll just be like, oh, you know, you're going to get him, or he's going to get you. You know, what are you going to do if you know if it's been a past opponent that he goes before? Oh, you got him last time, but you know, I just don't quite think you're going to get it this time. You know, what are you going to do to ensure that? And you can just see them like getting on it. And when they're lining up and either they're on the other side of the pool or they're coming down the leap beneath you. Um, you can just see them focus. You can see everything that they're doing. It's just like, yeah, okay, this guy's ready. You know, he's he's either staring down his opponent, not even realizing he's doing it, but he, he's there. Um, and and yeah, and sometimes it's even good when you get them really wound up and they're still shaking behind the block because you know you've really got them. But that's good because um, then they're ready to race. They race. They do fantastic. They come back. And they're expecting like a negative comment, but you know, you turn on your head and be like, that's a fantastic race. You know, I, you know, I had every faith that you can do that. Well done. And they look at you and they just think, what? That's not what you said before you went down. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, they, they enjoy their comeback and then, it, then it's all smiles. And then it's just like, yeah, no, this felt really good. And yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that, that's how I, I like to do it. Yeah. yeah yeah you know those those jaded 15 16 year olds you know they've been there done that scene at all uh yeah. you know <laughs> those t the teenagers need a little bit more geeing up you, you will get the i'll find the more 
uh, confident swimmers, they're able to do it themselves. Um, but then the ones who are maybe, but are, 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 they're waiting for their, their time to really come out and perform, it's a little bit harder to get them, them G'd up and ready to go. So using those it's little tactics. confidence levels, isn't it? Just being able to build their confidence up because if they're confident in their own ability, then the performance is going to come with it. If there's, if there's something in the back of their mind that maybe they're not so confident about that race, you don't obviously talk about it at the competition, but you may be in training, you just bring it back and say, well, why didn't you feel as confident? Oh, well, I just don't feel as though I'm as fit as I was before. Okay, well, what are you going to do about that? Oh, well, I'm going to, you know, turn up to more training. So I've been missing one because, you know, I've just been so tired during the week, but I'll improve my sleeping patterns so that I'm getting more sleep kind of thing. And it's just working that sort of longer, longer change in their, in their own way of doing things that will, you know, bring it on. And then when they come to the next competition, you know, 12 weeks down the line, um, every, they, they've made those changes to them, to their organisation skills to their timing and um yeah it, you notice the difference and then the performance come now some take more than 12 weeks some some changes are a lot more difficult to do and get that ingrained into second nature um mm. but it does come you know I, i've known i've known some people that have taken years years to pb um, but it will come it's just having that determination and that you know, wanting to keep pushing themselves and just to get to that level where they want to be. Um, and I think a lot of them do have that initial thought process of where, yes, I, I want to make nationals, but sometimes the effort level that got put in, they're not willing to do that, they're not willing to get out of their comfort zone in training. And it's just making them aware and trying to talk them into the processes that are required to achieve that level. And it goes the same for regional level, it goes the same for county level now albeit you know the ages are different as they go on through the processes are still the same you know you've got to get them thinking about what they're doing and why they're doing it um, and then yeah, yeah. sometimes occasional wind up 100 percent awesome right cheers chris thanks for that we had a great conversation there i've already enjoyed that yeah. um yeah. was that as good if not better than the last one or what what do you think way better um, just like one, what before obviously we wrap up. What one piece of advice would you give someone who's maybe looking at getting uh, into coaching? What would the one piece of advice be for them? Every and any opportunity that is given to you, take it. Learn from everyone. Um, do not go in with a single mindset that this is your way of coaching and it's going to stick that way because it won't. Because you'll you'll try new programs, you'll try new squads, and it will change the way you think about training. Um, so be open-minded and take every opportunity that you can. Awesome. No, that's great. 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 Absolutely great. Thanks for coming on, Chris. Again, yeah, thanks for coming on. I know you're busy, so thank you so much for that. Yeah, and if um, anyone wants to get onto uh, contact Chris, you can go through his Instagram and bits like that. Um, what, what is your Insta now, Chris? Uh, Chris-Nielsen96. Boom. Okay, there you go. So uh, you can get in contact with him there. Um, he is the a coach at Paul Swimming Club at the moment. Um, really great swimming club. Go and have a look at them as well. Am I right in saying they're doing some uh, they're doing some fundraising work as well? So you can give them a plug as well. Um, well, we did just do a crowdfunding um, link, but we, within like three four days we've achieved that. So 
Well, hey, nice. Yeah, we've done really well. The support we've had for that is phenomenal. So uh, any anyone who's donated to that, a big thank you on behalf of Pool Swimming Club. You're an absolute star. (laughs) Nice. That's what we like to hear. If you want to listen to more of the podcast, um, you can go and listen to us on Spotify and most other podcast platforms. Get in on all the content that's going on on social media, on our Instagram and Facebook page. That's the Swim Coaches Podcast. Um, And yeah, get get into all the stuff that's going on there. We put on a lot of um, posts about swim training, swim training ideas, coaching ideas, lots of bits like that. Um, Yeah, get in on that. And yeah, thanks for listening. Our next guest is going to be Lisa Bates from Chelsea and Westminster. So that's going to be a very interesting podcast. Bits like that. We're going to talk about the progression of uh, swimmers in swimming and how we can retain swimmers and this lost generation with COVID going on at the moment. So yeah, all going to be interesting stuff. Keep um, listening and thanks very much for listening.